five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Hey, it's another week. This is the Bills Pressure Front Podcast. I'm your host, JT, with my co-host, Lorenzo Alexander. So, what's going on, man? Nothing chilling, man. Just got back home from uh, flag football practice. Uh, you know, still getting these young boys right and young ladies right out here. So, uh, things are good my way. Uh, starting to get a little chilly, though. You know, it's, it's, it's not Buffalo chilly, but it's chilly for AZ. Uh, but other than that, man, you know, just uh, getting ready for Christmas and um, just the holiday season. And in fact, today was able to uh, partner up with uh, the Bills organization um, as well as Microsoft. And we actually provided a, a surface to a family over at the Bell Center amongst them, some other goodies. Bills memorabilia, you know, board games, Legos, some coats for the winter, some gift cards for food. So it was really cool to continue that partnership. Uh, with the Bell Center um, in conjunction with those two other organizations. So that was real cool. And then we also have something cool with Avalon Sports, too, you know, um, with uh, me, Zach Moss, and uh, Thurman Thomas linking up to to help raise money for the Lackawanna Life Center. So, um, you know, the holiday season is in full effect. And, uh, you know, being uh, associated with those two gentlemen, you know, obviously Thurman Thomas, but even a young guy like Zach Moss who really gets it at an early age, it's really cool to uh, start developing that partnership and relationship with him. Yeah, actually, I got the video, you guys, so you guys uh, give the information there. Hey, Bills Mafia. It's Zach Moss. I recently partnered up with Lorenzo Alexander and Thurman Thomas and the ACES Foundation to raise money for the Lackawanna Life Center. I'll be giving away my custom cleats that I wore during pregame against the Steelers. Take a look below and see how you can participate. Go Bills. Hey, this is Lorenzo Alexander, Buffalo Bills legend, and I've teamed up with Zach Moss and Thurman Thomas to help raise money for the Lackawanna Life Center. Yeah, those are dope right there. And I know a young man made those for him too, so those are real nice. Yeah, I got I got a chance to talk to the young man, meet him a couple weeks ago. Probably a pretty really ambitious kid, um, young Mac. And uh, if you guys are interested in learning how to uh, get in, I mean, they got it posted. And also, the link is in the show, the show for the PayPal to donate to the Lackawanna Life Center to get in to get those dope cleats, man. Um, so there was a couple things we got to talk about this week. Obviously, the Bills came off a we'll call it a signature win, another signature <laughs> win, I guess, against. Uh, Pittsburgh, we had some crazy comments from Dominique Fogworth of ESPN, and we even got a little bit of trash talk from Denver, Drew Locke. You know, kid got a little fire. I kind of like it. I don't want to talk about that. But we want to. I want to take it back to the Steeler game, right? A lot of people was upset about uh, this Juju dance on the field, man. And uh, I got to get from a player perspective. <laughs> I, did you take it as disrespectful? I mean, like he do every field. Uh- uh, I mean, I, I actually didn't even see the clip. I heard a lot of people talking about it, and it's it's all about how it was presented, right? Like, is he out there doing juju, or, or is he out, actually out there trying to disrespect the flag, similar to how T.O. did when he was scoring touchdowns uh, in Dallas and would run out to the star, right, and, like, all, all eyes on me, and Emmett had to let him know, so – I get because this right here just tells me this is a dude dancing. I can't see everything leading up to it now. Now, if he's out there being dis- disrespectful, then yeah, hey, some words uh, is going to be talked about in the locker room. Obviously, we heard what Josh was saying when he came out, led the guys out, and it just adds a little extra fuel on a fuel to the fire, you know. From what I heard, though, you know, just talking to some guys and some people that was on the sideline that you know 
the Steelers were just talking a lot of trash just in general. So I guess if you put it in in with that mind frame, that context, he probably was trying to be disrespectful. And that's just me just kind of putting two and two together. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to rile the boys up. And, and hey, they, they just, the boys came out and showed out on them. So they shut them up. And that's what you got to do when guys want to disrespect you in that way or talk trash. You just let your pads do the talking, you know, your pads and the way you out there balling and ultimately winning the game. Right. I mean, no better way to shut up than to come out there and get that W, right? I mean, and they didn't just get the W. I mean, I thought for the better part of the second half, they pretty much just, they dominated Pittsburgh, in my opinion. Yeah, they dominated that game. I mean, it really, I think, turned when Taron got that pick six and took it to the house because it was kind of going back and forth and, you know, kind of trying to get a feel and flow of the game. And then after that pick six, uh, I mean, I, you could just, I think, see the air getting taken out of the Steelers and the Bills never looked back. It was like a slow ascension the rest of that game. And just seeing that dominance was really cool uh, by the guys. You know, fi- not, not finally, but be- being able to compete and, and, and play well. And even at times, as you mentioned, dominate um, a, a, a perennial playoff team, a well-coached playoff team. And, you know, a Mike Tomlin coach football team was really uh, encouraging um, because they're starting to take that next step, gain that momentum. You see guys playing, continue to play better, get better. Josh is still doing his thing, dumping that ball all around. And this was a Steelers team that we talked about. They're going to sit back or they're going to come after him. They came. They trying to come after Josh. They're trying to light him up. And just like he did the week before, cool, calm, and collective. Stay with the game plan within himself, digging and dunking, hitting my man Diz going big. And this, they just did a really great job of overcoming, you know, especially early on, some of those mishaps with the ball, um, be on the ground. Um, but the defense stood up, which was huge. Um, and it was just a good game, you know, from start to finish to, to watch. And, you know, speaking of, you know, coming out of Josh, they definitely made the second, the proper second half adjustments. I mean, I think in the second half, he started, he started off 11 and 11 or 10 at 10 of 10. And I believe he had 148 yards second half with two touchdowns and like maybe uh, six, uh, six missed passes. So, I mean, it was on fire. And he found our boy Diggs, man, who's about to smash every Bills single season record that there is to date. I mean, what else can we say about Stefan Diggs and what he brings to the table? And um, he had some pretty interesting comments this week, too, from ESP Magazine about being, you know, mentally, you know, just kind of t- – it was tough on him in Minnesota last year, and I want to get your opinion on that as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't read his comments. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and uh, let me know, what, what, what did he say about, you so know, he pretty much, down here? He, he pretty much, after he signed the – they kind of went to a power run scheme. and kind of surprised because now he's – but then he's just in a dark place because he just didn't know what his role was in the office. And I wanted to get your take on as being a professional player and just mentally being in a dark place and trying to play because people think money yeah. fix everything, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it can be hard. And obviously his his path to the NFL is much different than mine. And so it's hard for me to speak to a guy of his caliber and where he was at and obviously being one of the most dominant receivers in the game and then feeling like you're not being utilized Um uh, based on what you know you can contribute and, and really being a game changer as we're witnessing right now in Buffalo and what he's done for this organization, for Josh, uh, this offense, and really this team and, and how well they're playing offensively. And when you know you have that ability inside of you and you feel like the team may be going in a different direction as far as, you know, what's priority. I and mean, then, you know, and, and, and I don't really know Steph that well, but I mean, things can come into play with that, you know, ego, 
Uh, I, I competition. I'm a competitor. I want to be used. And you have to kind of work through some of that stuff, especially when you've been an elite guy and you feel like you're not being utilized. It's, it's hard. It's, it's, it is a little bit of a transition and mentally trying to figure out, OK, now how do I deal with this new this new scheme or this new direction um, based on I, knowing what I can do? You know, I'm not really happy because I know I can do more, but I'm happy for maybe my teammates because we're winning. And you kind of find yourself in a weird place. And so, I'm, you know, I was never in that place. You know, I was always the guy. I was just trying to scratch. And so any little bit I got, I was happy. Um, but I can't understand because I have been there where I had, you know, risen to a certain level. And then you feel like you're kind of being kind of pushed out. They're not quite telling you that, but you can feel it. And um, it yeah. is definitely something unique to deal with, especially if you've never dealt with it uh, before, um, you know. And so when you start elevated, you know, high draft pick and all that, sometimes it's hard versus a guy like me. I came in from the bottom. So, oh, oh, OK. I know I, I know what this feels like. This this is familiar. The bottom. <laughs> I put you back down to the bottom. Oh, don't worry about it. I got something for you. I've been there before. You know, so just a different perspective. And obviously, he's learned from it, grew from it. And now he's in a much better place. Obviously, he's not with the Vikings. But if that ever happened again or even maybe in some of those weeks where he wasn't featured as much or not getting the catches like maybe let's say uh cole beasley was where he was sometimes like the guy yeah maybe he was able to mentally kind of grow from that based on something that happened in minnesota yeah you know it it, it, i love seeing when guys are just being very very transparent and and opening it up because i think you know as fans on the fan side of it sometimes we think that a oh these guys are making million dollars they shouldn't have any problems in the world and that's absolutely not true (laughs) And and two, you know, football is a warrior type of sport. So you expect everybody just to be tough and rugged all times. In reality, still human, man. You know, you still yeah. have emotions and feelings and things like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? yeah. You're right about that. I mean, it's very much emotional game. I mean, that's how guys are able to, you know, rise above a lot of stuff. And also it can be the detriment at the same time. And you have to learn how to balance that out. Because like you said, yeah, money is, is the value that's been placed on my ability to catch balls or tackle people or rush the passer. But there is a more significant human element to that, to who I am day to day and how I approach. I want to be the best. I want to be very competitive. I want to have an opportunity. And money never really, it doesn't satisfy those things. It takes care of things at home and be able to provide for your family and friends. But that doesn't satisfy that competitive nature, that warrior mentality, as you mentioned, as far as when you go out in the work and you want to show that I am the best every single day. I, I agree. I agree. So before we move on to this Denver game, and I actually want to talk about Daryl Williams a little bit, because we actually, if you guys didn't catch it on IG um, last, week when we went live on Zoe's IG, you know, I spoke about Daryl Williams. All of a sudden he comes out this game and, you know, he shut TJ Watt down, man. I mean, it was uh, great seeing him get back to all pro form after battling injuries for a couple of years. So we had this comment, man, from Dominique Fockworth that just, you know, gave Bills Mafia to send them up in arms, and it was really bad. You know, it was just the point where he was pretty much saying that he openly, sometimes he found himself openly rooting for Josh Allen to fail for the simple fact that he felt like a lot of people who defended Josh Allen were people who had dogs and American flags and were possibly Trump supporters. Right as supporters and it just sent bills mafia up in the war and i mean i don't know how much money we about to donate but we know we have to donate something <laughs> because that's what we do that's what we do <laughs> so. yeah man and i know dominique uh 
loosely just from NFL PA and being around him. And so, I mean, I know what, a little bit what type of dude he is, but this wasn't this wasn't his best moment. Um, it was ignorant in a lot of ways to make a statement like that. And I say ignorant because he's probably not just not aware of the makeup of Bill's Mafia in totality, right? And so that statement was made in a vacuum on, on social media based on tweets and you know comments that were probably or DMs that was made directly to him by individuals on on uh social media and for him to then encompass the entire Bills Mafia family or group or fan base and and boil it down to you know Trump supporters and and dogs and American flags you know what you know whatever he was trying to derive by by mentioning those things whatever he's trying to come to I think just was very short-sighted and ignorant in a lot of ways just because he doesn't know Bill's Mafia. You know, he could have probably generalized it like most people I come in contact with, you know, or whatever. Uh, but it's just not very smart to say uh, because Bill's Mafia is much more than that. And Twitter is not the best place to say those type of things either, especially being who he is and his platform and, and, and ESPN and being a former player. And it's just it's just not a good look. So, um Hopefully he maybe revisits that. Um, I don't know if he's apologized or anything since then, but you know, explain yourself a little bit better because I know you mentioned you said his 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 words got taken out of context, which happens. It but does. I listen to it. I listen to the audio, and I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't get all the audio. You know, I didn't get the, the whole three minute interaction around that. So this wasn't his best moment. Hopefully he realized that and moved on. I don't think it's nothing to dwell on, but it's just. You know, most people are ignorant to, to Buffalo in general, right? And then the makeup right. of Bill's Mafia and and what that looks like. Because I'm, I'm a huge defender of of uh, Josh Allen. I'll come to his aid, you know, quicker than anybody. Obviously, I'm his teammate, but I don't I don't think I fit in that box that you know uh, my man was trying to create when he's using those descriptive words, right? So. Um, it's probably just his experience with people that have the most vulgar things to say when he has something bad to say about Josh. You know, so I'm going to defend him a little bit, but I don't think it was the best thing to say. Right. And me personally, like I said, I always want to give someone the benefit of doubt, especially doing media. And as we, I, you know, I'm new to this game as well. You know, things you say can be taken out of context. And I, I, I would like to go back and listen to the whole pod. But the clip I listen to, like you, I'm, I'm waiting for it. And I'm listening to like, hey, <laughs> yeah. well, where, where's the where's the miscommunication here? Right. Um, You know, and like you said, I agree with you. People are ignorant to Buffalo. People don't even know what Buffalo are on the map half the time. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. Completely honest, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. So it's just like uh, I think the broadcaster from the Ravens last year that said that, you know, Bill's Mafia were kind of ignorant, and then they found out he wasn't. They donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to the charity, and he cried on right. air, thanking them. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So, so you know, Bill's Mafia, do what we do? Get your checkbooks out ready. Get your PayPal's ready. Yeah, give, it, give it to the Aces Foundation or the Lackawanna Life Center, though. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do it in the okay. name, we'll yeah. put in the name of him to these organizations that serve in Buffalo. All right, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, put put a little dog, a little you know, you have little little Christmas cards, had these little nice stickers. Now put the little dog on there, right? You know, we call it a day, but uh, yeah, no, I, we'll see what happens with Dominique. And uh, like I said, I, I would love to see more context on what he said to come back. Like I said, Dominique, he doesn't back down. He's a, in in my opinion, he's a good analyst and a good reporter. Right. So, um, but moving on, neither they are there. We're moving on from it. 
this going back to this Pittsburgh game, this defense has seemed like they've woken up. I mean, you've woken up a giant. And even with the juju dance and thing, it seems like this team right now is using anything that they can use as bulletin board material, fuel, whatever you call it, to get angry and play angry. As a player, did you ever find ways, you know, to, to find things like, you know, I, I got to get me some bulletin board material. And do you, and why do you think this defense is resurging like this? All, you yeah, know? For, for me, I mean, it was – I never could get that because it's not consistent because somebody's not going to do something every week to get me upset enough to now want to go smash your mouth in. Right. I want, I, I had to, I wanted to have that mentality from, from jump and no matter who I was playing, whether it was somebody that was my boy and we kicked it in the off season or somebody I may not have liked just over the course of a career, I thought he might've been dirty or whatever, I, but I didn't want to have to depend on somebody else to create something in me to then go play at a certain level. And so um, and even when I was younger, even in college, uh, you know, you're trying to get angry and trying to find something. Sometimes I'm not angry or upset. So my, my source came from my relationship with Christ. Right. And so everything that I stepped out on was trying to play with the spirit of God, love, power to sound mind with the intention of honoring him by the way I played. And I knew if I if I got even close to that or made him God even turn his head. Like, OK, well done. I knew I was balling out that day. Right. And that's something consistent. And so as much as bulletin uh, board material is cool to talk about and, you know, it's kind of fun to go back and forth and like, man, why did that dude out there dancing like that? Or why did uh, Baker Mayfield plant a flag or, you know, whatever you may do to upset the opposing team, guys don't do it every week. Or it may not even, you know, fans may care about it, but it may be something I don't really care about. So uh, that's how I, you know, kind of, got myself going. And then, you know, while I was in the locker room, trying to get guys to understand that too, because you can't always be angry. Um, you're not always angry. And it's easier to play with passion and love for the people around you, especially if you're going to put it to some, something like connected with God or your wife or your kids. And that stuff is, you know, forever. And it's, it's, and it's much more sustaining than being angry. Um, and I don't have to search for it, right? It's, it's right here every day. And it's growing. It's constantly growing. Where eventually I want to get over the anger, right? I want to be able to let it go. I agree. I mean, I think at sometimes, you know, when you play anger, my mom used to always tell me growing up, you know, if you're playing angry sometimes, sometimes you're not playing in your sound mind. And if right. you're playing angry, you're not focused like you should be. So I, I can get it from that standpoint. Was there a time where you had teammates that may say something in the paper, say something, you get team bullet port material, then y'all come out, y'all lose that game. You're like, hey, bro, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm sure it is, and I can't I can't pinpoint like some of my brain is saying, yeah, that's happened. But I was a younger player, and I can't remember who it was, but it was definitely when I was in Washington, like somebody guaranteeing a win, or we gonna shut this player down, and they come out and ball out on us. Um, I remember a couple of times, like <laughs> I don't, nobody actually said anything, but like pregame. This was 2000 and I don't know, like 10 or 11. LeBron Landry might have been his first or second year in the league. <laughs> and they all got into a fight pregame. We're playing Philly. Uh, kind of on the sidelines, we're going in pregame right before the game. And come out, do the coin flip. Philly gets the ball first. And they run play action pass, shot right at LeBron Landry. D-Jack, when he was running that four ones. <laughs> Touchdown. First play of the game. Uh, you know, the rest is history and this and and so that was the 
that's the one time that popped to my mind where one of my teammates did something inside the other team and and shut us up fairly quickly and 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 sean will never let me forget that they blew us out that night um on monday night football so um that was one time where where guys on my team said something they shouldn't have been doing and couldn't because he couldn't back it up you know what's funny is on my facebook watch the explanation of that play right there just popped up on my thing. I watched that 72 <laughs> hours ago, man. And the D-Jack explained what happened before, yeah. man. I just, but yeah, you know, I, it's like, you know, Buffalo's a good football team. And now you got people like Colin Cower. And I'm going to say it out loud. Colin Cower is now jumping on the bandwagon. You know, all year he said the Bills wasn't real. They wasn't, you know, a top team. They didn't play anybody. And all of a sudden, he's he's lighting a victory cigar if they beat the Steelers. Talking about Steelers facing, I told you. And, it, and look at his comment: the Bills are the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, I'm just like, man, these people will say anything. You just say we go, we ain't play nobody. Yeah, you know they got to shift. I mean, actually, when you look at the Bills' uh, schedule, I mean, they actually have one of the best. Uh, records as far as against teams with a winning percentage. I think they're the, the combined record is maybe like maybe two or three games over 500. Yeah. Uh, as far as the team that they've played. And that, I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, and it just shows you the type of caliber of people that they're playing week in and week out. Um, and so at the end of the day, it really don't matter who jump on the bad wagon. If you want to jump on, jump on. Because uh, these boys is rolling for real right now. And if they can continue to have this slow ascension and continue to get better, especially defensively, continue to Cut down on the margin of error. Um, this is going to be a scary team to be able to play when when, when comes January. Especially because now you're starting to get the running game. And like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, the running game, it hasn't been ultra effective. Like it hasn't been, you know, four, 4.2, 4.3 yards yeah. of carry. Like as you were saying last week, you want them to get to. But it's been efficient. They've been able to move the ball, move the chains. And as you get to this weather coming down the street, we know – we gonna you Buffalo's gonna have a home playoff game and it probably ain't gonna be pretty weather that day. Right. Yeah, and to be able to close out games like they did last week. I mean, uh, versus the, the Steelers. I mean, they had a seven minute drive. I mean, you yeah. grabbing, pounding that, you know, getting first downs, methodically running the clock out. Um, that's impressive, and that's why, and that's one of the main reasons why Sean uh, McDermott really emphasized the run game during the bye week. It's not necessarily that you need it. For the game, just the way this team is built, you know, they'll spread them out. I'm a dink and dunk. I'm going to take my shots down the field. Um, yeah, I'm going to mix in some run game, but that's not who they are at their core. But they want to have the ability when, hey, it's time to run the ball. Or, hey, man, we can't throw the ball today. We need to be able to run the ball. Uh, you got to have that in your arsenal to keep teams honest. And so to be able to methodically run the clock out at the end of the game and utilize the run and see Devin and see Zach, um, run the ball the way they are and continue to get better. Um, it, it's, it's, that is like the, the last piece to shore that thing up to where this team is going to be. Whew, nobody wants to touch us right now. So they're they doing the right thing. It's going the right direction and uh, all about that growth mindset where every week they're continuing to get better. And, you know, the thing is, too, they, since they didn't ground upon the ball for most of the year, we said it earlier in this year, those are fresh legs going to playoffs. And we've seen some teams – that just grounding a pound of their way straight to the Super Bowl with fresh legs. I, I go back to the Carolina Panthers Super Bowl berth, not with Cam Newton, but with Jake DeLone when they had Deshaun Foster and the boys just running. Yeah, just but they were fresh legs. They just ran all through the playoffs. Right. So, uh, but moving on, we want to get on to uh, this Denver game. Now, I, 
you know, I, I, I like Denver. I, I like them as a team. I like what they're building. They remind me of where Buffalo was a couple years ago. Doesn't mean they're going to take that, 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 uh, that next step or they're going to take a step back. I don't know. It depends a lot on the quarterback play, but Drew Locke is a, uh, he's a gamer, man. He reminds me a lot of Josh with his attitude. Yeah, yeah. I think the I, th- I think they may even work out together. Uh, cause Jordan Palmer, I know, trains Drew. Uh, oh, does he? Okay. I work with uh, Jordan on um, another network, uh, the stadium, and he was really high on Drew and this team, especially when they got Jerry Judy in the draft. Um, just understanding what Locke had and his abilities, and these boys really be able to push the ball down the field and take advantage of some matchups. Because when you look at, you know, just their, their entire package, they have some guys that can go out there and ball, especially when you throw in a fat who's a, uh, a mismatch at tight end. Um, these guys can can chuck the ball around. And, you know, obviously they're still young and still trying to grow into, into who they are, but they can explode on you at any point in time. And so these are one of the teams that, yeah, yeah their record isn't that good, but like you said – they're playing some solid football um, that if you're not on your P's and Q's, they can jump up and, and beat you. Well, surprised about the kid. And on one side of my, the left side of my brain says, you know, I love this kid's moxie. I love his heart. You know, I, I love a quarterback that's going to lead by example, lead with swag. I, I love it, especially in this day and age. But he made a comment about Trey White and said, I'm not going to stay away from him. And, I, I agree. You don't. You, you got to go out there and play right. the game. But once again, bulletin board material. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for me, it would have made me upset. Hey, Trey, he's gonna at you. I'd have been talking trash, Trey, all week. Go back, Trey. Watch out. You better get ready. Get your yo. You know, I'd have been pumping Trey up a little bit uh, on it um, and kind of laugh at him. But yeah, yeah. So you know, Trey's gonna have. He's gonna be locked in. That's one thing you don't really want to do. You don't want to poke the bear of a, of a dominant player. Sometimes you just let them do, just go out there and let them just kind of be asleep, right? You know, obviously Trey is going to go out there and compete, but you don't want to poke a, a dominant dude. Uh, and it reminds me of, I used to always tell guys, because I played with uh, this guy, uh, when I played my rookie year in the league, and this is a dominant receiver, but I used to always tell people, hey, leave Steve Smith alone. Just let him be him. Just go out there. I'm over the open. Hey, don't talk to him. Don't do nothing. Just let him be. Right? Because you you poke a bear, he was a guy that would wake up. Right? And so I remember this one time we was I was in Oakland and some young return. It might have been even TJ Carey, if I remember correctly, because he was a pump returner too. He was out there and he said something to Steve like, man, you in my way catching my balls. And Steve at this time is a 15-year vet. And when I tell you Steve Smith dominated anybody that was over him and talked trash and talked about their mama the whole game, it, it was it was embarrassing. So I say that to say this is that Tredavious White is is a monster, right? He is an elite corner, top is in the league, and you don't really want to poke a bear. You don't want to give him any extra fuel that he already has in, intrinsically to go out there and dominate the guy in front of him because the crazy thing, Drew Locke doesn't even have to touch him physically. He doesn't have to look at him. doesn't have to try to block him, but he's making it harder for his receiver. So his receiver didn't even say nothing, and now he's making it harder for his receiver because he had to open up his mouth. So those type of dudes you just kind of let go by. Yeah, I know you're not as scared of him. We know that. Just say, hey, man, I respect him. Hey, but we're going to stick to our game plan, and, and if a guy's open, I'm going to throw the ball. You know, you don't have to mention his name. Like, I'm not going to stay away from him. 
you know, it's certain ways that you learn how to speak, uh, to say what you're going to do, but not for it to allow it to become bullet board uh, material, like you said, where it could rub a guy the wrong way. And that's what I'm thinking, because like you said, the receivers are younger. They're young guys. This is not, you know, you don't have the veterans over there to back your talk up. You got KJ Hamler's a rookie. Judy's a rookie. And Trey Patrick is just really breaking the starting lineup. And Trey White actually, didn't he pick him off twice last year? Not Locke, but Denver? You know, it's just, it's a right. thing that I, 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 I wouldn't do it. But, hey, I like I, I like the kid heart, man. Uh, I, yeah, I like I it. it. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, you don't have to back down, but you don't need to poke no bears either. Uh-uh. It's like me going to a game is. Hey, I'm about to lock Aaron Donald down, like as a guard, right? Hey, yeah, I ain't worried about Aaron Donald. He got to worry about me, right? You know, I mean, it's just certain stuff. Like, yeah, I know you feel that. You should feel that. But I don't need to say that, right? I don't right. need to give Aaron Donald any extra motivation to embarrass me on national TV. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. It's the right way. Hey, yeah, I'm going to come out here. and I have a lot of respect for Aaron Donald, um, but I'm going to just stick to my technique and compete all game, right? That was, you said the same exact thing without – Almost coming across disrespect, right? Or or inciting a guy to say, "Okay, well, I'm about to ramp it up on him." He think he can block me, right? You know what I mean? So it's about growth, and he's a young quarterback, uh, has a lot of moxie, still trying to prove himself. And and somebody, you know, when people ask you questions, man, I'm, I'm gonna throw at Trey White, you know, but not really even thinking it through. So just having better uh, awareness. But you know, he's he's young, and depending on what your Davis White does, I mean, he's probably gonna get asked about it after the game. And then there'll be a lesson learned. Right. I got a feeling this usually comes back to backfire on young quarterbacks. I think Trey's going to have one pick. I think we'll have one pick this game. I'm just saying it usually comes back to backfire on young quarterbacks. But uh, I want to touch on the Denver running game really quick, and then we'll get to your three keys to the game, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, the two-headed monster in Phillip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, obviously the Bills' defensive research the last couple of weeks, they're actually only allowing, I believe, 68 rushing yards per game since their bye week at this point in time. Yeah. Um, Gore's a little banged up. How, what do you see in this in this Denver running game and what Buffalo got to do to kind of stop it there? Well, I think for Buffalo, they just have to continue to play well up front, right? Um, I think that's been the, 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 the biggest difference that has really popped out at me is the way this defensive line is reestablishing the line of scrimmage and playing on their side of the line uh, of the ball. And so making these teams and these running backs have to make a cut before they want to make a cut or tripping a guy up or making a play in the backfield or you throw their timing off to where now um, the guard can't climb up to Tremaine or AJ or Matt, whoever's in at the time, to prevent them from coming downhill and making plays in the backfield. And so they just have to continue to do that. I mean, because nobody on the offensive line scares you. Um, so you just have to continue to play cohesive, gap sound. That's what it's really been. And then even sometimes when guys get out of the gaps, you can see now guys stepping up and making plays and, not, and, and, and getting guys on the ground and not allowing – uh, a, a run that may squirt for seven or eight to turn into an explosion play. So uh, that's what they have to do. I mean, because this is, you know, a downhill um, zone scheme. And, and it's, the biggest thing is that you don't want to run sideways. And, and what I've seen lately is the kryptonite to a zone scheme is getting up the field, knocking guys back. And and that's what the, the, the Bills defense alliance to continue to do. Well, you know, they're playing well. Safety's playing well. We got that outside linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds playing great in the middle, as you want to call right. it that. You know, uh, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but, uh, hey, let's wrap it up. Let's get to your three keys to the game. How do Buffalo win this game? What we got to do to get this dub and stay at the top of the AFC, AFC East? Yeah, I mean, it's really not too much for this team. I mean, this is the team they should beat, right? 
um, on paper, uh, the way they're playing right now, this is a team they should beat. So I think that the biggest thing, especially after playing a, a Pittsburgh Steelers game that just got maybe a little chirpy, a lot of energy out there, primetime game. Um, obviously, this is another primetime game on Saturday, is come out with the energy that is deserving or command that you command as being a, a contender, right? So you don't want to have a letdown energy-wise. Sometimes that can happen after beating a team like a Pittsburgh, shorter week. Um, team is not as good, obviously, um, and so you have a letdown. So the biggest thing is coming out there, establish yourself energy-wise, uh, playing hard, and bringing your own juice, which Sean always talks about. I think it's significant. Two is uh, just still working on that run game, you know, ground and pound. I would like to see some more explosion plays out of the run game. Um, just continue to work that facet because I think it's going to be so critical as they continue to play into the playoffs, bad weather games, and who knows what the weather's going to be like on, on Saturday. Um, if, do you have the weather report yet? No, I don't have it. I can look it up there while, you, while you're going on. Yeah, so I think that'll be significant as well. And then – Defense, um, just continue to, to grow with the little things. Uh, so a couple of things break down, making sure that you minimize, like, just communication stuff. Because at this point, that's all that's really going to beat this Bills defense the way they've been playing. Guys getting off the ball, playing well, elite. Tremaine Edmonds, the reassurgence of Matt Milano back in who had some big plays last week. You have guys picking the ball off. Uh, Jadavis, Levi had one big last week, you know, two weeks ago with Micah High. So these guys are starting to get their hands on some balls. And so with that, the way you continue to tighten um, um, the vice grip, per se, is by now eliminating some of the little things that kind of get out, uh, whether it's a communication on on bunches or rub routes. So making sure that you're, you're refining the small little things, because as these games get more important, um, especially when we enter the playoffs, those are the things that beat you because everybody's good. Uh, obviously, everybody has talent, but those little things and making sure you minimize again, making sure exposure uh, a, a four or five yard pass play doesn't turn into a twenty yard pass play because oh we got two guys on one guy and we had to rally to the ball or a run gets out because oh I didn't know that safety was coming down. So just continue to refine those things and and, and that would be uh, great to just to win this game because this is a game they should win. Um, I know it's an NFL team, but we all know it should win. So you have to work on those little things that's going to take you to the next level. So, yeah, win this game, but you have a bigger picture in mind as far as the teams you're going to be playing and how well you need to be playing in order to beat them in the playoffs when it's all or nothing. Just a little tidbit here. There's been three times this year where you said this is a game that the Bills should win. They're 3-0 in those games so far. So just a little tidbit. There was those stat line right there. Uh, but as far as the weather, it's supposed to be uh, a low of 24, high of 46, clear clear throughout the day, and 7-mile-per-hour win. So it's like it's going to be a okay. good game. That's, be a nice game. That's a nice day. You know, nice winter day. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey. But, guys, make sure you're getting out and checking out the – I got the PayPal link to the Avalon um, Aces Foundation um, thing for Zach, you and Zach Moss, you want to take right, right, shout right, out one more time, real quick? Please, right? Yeah, so just me, Thurman, and obviously Zach partnered up to raise money for the Locker One Life Center. Zach is going to be donating his cleats that were made by this young man locally. So it's really cool to uh, go on the website, LorenzoAlexander.org. Um, you also have a link here um, that you can get to the page, uh, check them out, and we will continue to do things like this throughout the year. So hopefully, you know, whether, I, you know, I sign a jersey or Thurman signs some Arabilia and doing some other cool stuff uh, that we can continue to help raise money for Western New York 
uh, families in, in, in within our community. So uh, definitely appreciate everybody um, that supported already and that will will support in the future. All right. Well, Zoe, that is a wrap. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I'm your host, JT, my co-host, Lorenzo Alexander. We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we got 11 doves next week, baby. We'll catch you guys uh, next week. Make sure you uh, take care of your dogs. Catch you later. <laughs>